Hey friends, Kevin Garcia here from A Tiny Revolution, and I want to take a second to invite you to the 2024 Q Christian Fellowship National Conference happening January 11th, the 14th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is QCF's 20th conference, and I have been to, I think, I think six of them, six of the 20, and it just keeps getting better and better every year. But what is the conference? The Q Christian Fellowship Conference is an annual gathering where LGBTQ plus Christians, parents and allies alike gather for worship, fellowship, workshops, keynote speakers, and at the same time, making some lifelong friends, reunite with those friends that you haven't seen in a million billion years and have an incredible healing, transformative, hope-filled experience. It's a place where you can really witness the fullness of God's love and affirmation through one another. Um, and this year, some of the keynotes include my best friend in the whole world, Miles Markham, my good Judy, Kathy Baldock, my literally mother, Flamey Grant, Matthias Roberts, my best friend in the whole freaking world, like, and yours truly, Kevin Garcia, that's me. I'm going to be doing a live workshop on What Makes You Bloom, my new book coming out the same week as the conference. And I'm also going to be doing a live podcast of A Tiny Revolution there, where I'm going to be interviewing both Matthias and Miles about uh, queer friendship, among other wonderful things. So go ahead and get to qcfconf.org. That's qcfconf.org. And use the offer code TINYREVOLUTION to save 10% on your conference registration. I can't wait to see you there. Again, go to qcfconf.org today. Use offer code TINYREVOLUTION, all one word, to get 10% off your conference registration. I love you, and I cannot wait to see you this year at the 20th Annual Q Christian Fellowship National Conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, January 11th to the 14th. Hey gang, and welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. It's Kevin, but you know who I am. It's not about me. It's about the amazing guests we have coming on the show today. It's my friend, Brandon Flannery. Brandon is an ex-pastor, ex-missionary, ex-evangelical who writes about the tenuous intersection of faith and sexuality. He's conducted research on the consequences of beliefs and why people right now are leaving Christianity. It's been published in The Scribe, The Baptist News, and the University of Colorado, and the Colorado Springs Indy, where he won first place with the Society of Professional Journalists. In addition to being a queer author, he co-founded the LGBTQ Christian dating app, Believer, and currently is living in Atlanta. And it's really funny, like, me and Brandon knew each other through the internet, and then randomly he's like, uh, I'm coming to Atlanta, let's hang out. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, also, I might move here. And I'm just like, yes, because I need more friends here. He's truly just a wonderful 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 human a good soul and like in this conversation you can just tell how like delightful and fun we but like we like to have a lot of fun in this he's actually someone i hang out with in real life so we have to cut out some of our goofiness and if you want to watch us and this interaction play out in real time we actually did this interview in my living room and you can watch the entirety of that interview on my youtube channel you can just click the link in my bio or go to youtube.com slash kevin garcia was taken <laughs> Because Kevin Garcia, just as a name, and the Kevin Garcia was also taken, so couldn't do that. Before we get into the interview, just a couple of quick announcements. One, I've relaunched The Crowded Table. That's right, The Crowded Table, the online community that I started a few years ago. 
trying to you know find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic i we're kind of reimagining a little bit to where i'm going to be doing some monthly workshops putting out some exclusive newsletter both in written form and audio newsletter format so like because some of y'all have told me that that's cool for you and as per usual you can also get access to our incredible discord channel where you can connect with other people who listen to this show who are also on their spiritual journey trying to figure out how the hell do we do spirituality outside of the empire? You know what I'm saying? Plus, there is some exclusive merch that goes out just to Patreon supporters. So if you, A, want to support this show and any of the content I'm making, if you want to connect with more content and more resources to help deepen your spiritual practice, and if you want to connect with other people who are on their spiritual journey, Go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and sign up today. A little seven bucks a month gets you in the club, baby. What do you have to lose? And plus, during this month, if you sign up, I will give you both a ebook copy and the audiobook copy of my first book, Bad Theology Kills, for free. So, like, what are you waiting for? Get over there and do that. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia other thing you need to do is make sure you go get your tickets to the QCF National Conference happening in Albuquerque, New Mexico the first week of January. Um, I'm going to be releasing my book on January 9, that Tuesday. Again, make sure you pre-order that shit. And then I'm going to be just doing, doing it up big over there at the beautiful conference that they got booked out for us. I'm also going to be doing a live podcast, a workshop, and just having a generally good time hanging out with all of you. So if you want to hang out Come to the conference. I would love to see you there. And by the way, as I'm promoting this book, you're going to be hearing me talk a lot about what makes you bloom over the course of the next few weeks. I'm even going to be bugging some of my Patreon friends to maybe join the book club and the book launch team. Okay, I think that sums everything up. Let's go ahead and get into the show. Grab yourself something to drink. I'm currently drinking an iced Americano with honey because it's, you know, 40 degrees outside and I'm gay. So we drink iced coffee. Obviously. <laughs> Anyways, this is my conversation with the fabulous Brandon Flannery. Hey, everybody. Welcome to A Tiny Revolution, the first time live in my house. Today, I have author, social media influencer, rock climbing enthusiast. <laughs> um, this is Brandon Flannery, everybody. Welcome to A Tiny Revolution. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. I so glad to be here. Somewhere. Somewhere in here, there's like a an applause sound thing, but I actually haven't worked with the soundboard at all. So mm. sorry. Um, me and Brandon met because of the internet initially, and then we ended up hanging out. And then he moved to Atlanta, and now we're trying to get everybody else to move here because it's a good space. It is nice, and I have a room for rent. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking of moving to Atlanta, call me. And that house is pretty awesome. Yeah, I've house that here a little bit. I'm a little biased, but yeah. And uh, you get your own bathroom and you get to hang out with my dog. Tippers! The oh, best. Get her too excited. No, she's outside, so she's <laughs> here. Anyways, Brandon Flannery, how do you introduce yourself to people these days? That's the way I start these conversations. Well, uh, he, him, his pronouns, Brandon Flannery. I am an ex-pastor, ex-missionary, ex-evangelical who likes to write about the intersection of faith and sexuality. So... I'm an author. I've written and done research around why people are leaving Christianity. I was an editor for a couple of newspapers, wrote an article called Why God's Pronouns Are They and Them, things like that. And uh, I moved to Atlanta to kind of start fresh. Um, Fridge. Because I grew up in Color Springs, super evangelical. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. That's the, um, oh, what's it called? 
they have focus on the family. They do. And yeah. And uh, what's the one with the adoptions called? Uh, I think you're thinking of Compassion. Compassion International. Yep, my yep, yep, yep. um, my sister-in-law, her parents work there. Cute. Yeah. I, I mean, they employ like thousands of people through those. And statistically, donations. some of those people are gay. Yeah. I actually have known quite a few that are there. So. No. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the insanity. So things we're here to do. A, talk about just being alive. Yep. But we're also here to talk about a special book yeah. that you have written and come. Also, I love this cover. Thanks. Everyone. I really appreciate it. It's called Stumbling, a sassy memoir about coming out of evangelical. Also, can I just say, I prefer these covers. Same. I know. I don't like the having- sleeve. I, yeah, I'm, I I'm getting yeah. a sleeve and I don't want, I don't want that. I love this. This the is texture good. is so nice. I either want this or I want just a soft cover. Yep. Like, I, like these, that's too much paper. It's too much time and it's fucking pointless. Cause you like, why? I guess you could take this off, I guess. But then what? Then and for what? what? It's like, well, it's going to protect the, the book. I'm just no. like, no. like, this is fine. That's what a hardcover does. That's what, hello. Anyways. So what the hell is stumbling about? I mean, obviously about, coming out of evangelicalism, but like yeah. when you're describing it to people. Yeah. Like my elevator pitch is, I guess you could say is my deconstruction process. I kind for me, story is far more important and has been more powerful. I'm not a person that reads a book where it's like, here are the five steps for how to leave Here's the Christianity. Five. Here's the five things you can do to like, what is it? Deconstruct your faith, but also come back to the Bible. Exactly. Come back to the real answer. Don't don't let church hurt steal you from God. Yeah. Oh, church hurt. Church hurt. Listen, um, I think the reason I came out was because it was trendy. Personally. Yeah, for street cred. Yeah. Street cred. They did say street cred. They did say street cred. Jesus. Yeah. Anyways. That's a whole nother thing with anything. But um, I, it's just, I do, I love stories. So for me, it's, I start my, my journey with leaving being a missionary. I was hitchhiking and with a friend and like all of a sudden there was this, culmination of a lot of different questions and hurts and pains. And I was alone <laughs> a lot on the road. And so I had a lot of time to think about things. And so that's Let where it started. What, that's when like, when you get alone with your own thoughts and you're finally able to stop listening to all the voices of literally every single person, yeah. because like every single person your entire life has told, at least, you know, for us, mm -hmm. it was like, this is how you live your life. This is how you live your life. I this, have is, the answer. this is how you be a man. This is how you be a good a missionary, a missionary and a good Christian and yada, yada. Yeah. And so like when I got alone for the first time and started having my own thoughts and realizing, wait a second, the theology that they're handing me doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And we have similar stories because you were doing missions and that's shortly after is where you started questioning things, right? Yes. It was like on the mission field. Yep. I was out there. Cause <laughs> so with my research, it makes a lot of sense. Like now having research, um, so also, I, I that is like one of my favorite studies, and I reference it in my book. Really, I don't know if I told you that. You did tell me. Oh, that's right. You did tell me this. Yeah. I mean, you're in the reference. You're stuff. in the works cited. Me. In case you don't know, I did. I surveyed uh, 1,200 people and asked them why they're leaving Christianity, and the results are like they're not like um, none of them are like <gasps> what. But it was really cool, like reading these stories. Also, very honoring, and like mm -hmm. like people are sharing a lot with me, but kind of connecting that research with my own story, I, I think of exposure to difference because like we were both in different countries, yeah. coming in different belief systems. Yes. Uh, in combination for me, like my flavor of Christianity was very, flavor of flavor, was 
very charismatic. God will answer prayers. Same. And I would healings, faith, work, miracles. And I did, I have seen some beautiful coincidences, but I would say actually like encounters with the divine where they came through. Mm -hmm. And then also like some things where they did not come through. And I'm now holding a disabled woman Mm -hmm. who doesn't have legs anymore crying. Right. And you're supposed to just, like, I remember like going, there was a, like, I remember being in India and this woman had broken her leg and, and it had healed in such a way where it was like, she could not walk and she would never walk again without ex- in medical intervention. Unless there was a miracle. And I was sitting there praying for a miracle to happen because I was told that's what was happening. And then I thought, I must not have enough faith. Yep, yep exactly. And how was it that the leaders of the organ... I've been like thinking a lot about my missions life recently. Interesting. And... Now I'm thinking, I'm just like, oh, I need to get a doc, like some, somebody out there needs to finance a docu-series on YWAM mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, Adventures yeah. and Missions. Yep. All those other ones. But it's just like, they're all telling me, it's like, some bitch at G42 said that he could walk through walls. I'm not even fucking kidding you. You fucking kidding? No, you, you just said you're not I'm kidding not. me. I'm not. Somebody, like story of a this what the fuck? story of another racer who went to G42 leadership. The fact y'all have terminology too, a racer. Oh yeah, we call the world racers, the Y-whammers. Anyways, so you were coming out of that space. Really quick time out. It's also interesting, India as well. Also, she got hit by a bus and it was her leg. It was the exact same stuff. And we were supposed to pray that God would- And I did, I did pray for her and say, stand up, believe. And she's crying because I'm like telling her to stand up and you know, her leg isn't getting healed. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm seeing for the first time, to steal your phrase, I've actually referenced it a lot of just like how yeah. my theology was literally causing harm in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And then my brother immediately got into another car, no, no, yeah, another car accident, also having a leg issue. We're all praying for it. Nothing's happening. So like it was this culmination of so many things. And so I wrote all my stories down because I kept running into conversations with people who are later in life deconstructing because of 2020, Trump, mm-hmm. BLM, like not aligning with Black Lives, COVID. And my friends who like were employed by mega churches, employed by big parachurch organizations are now coming to me because of me being a homosexual. Yeah, a liberal practicing homosexual. Yeah, because I like the mans. It forced me to deconstruct ahead of them. And also because I like went out, mm-hmm. tried the shit and it didn't fucking work. That's the thing. If you, if you can't test the theology, like first of all, if you're not allowed to test it, and most of us were not allowed to test anything, even though that's like what we're commanded to do yeah. in the fucking book. Yep. And because again, like, you know, for all the reasons that evangelicalism does what it does, it like makes everybody another. Mm-hmm. We're on the inside. We've got the no, truth. No. We've, which like, anyway. Which for me now, it's just so beautiful with like this new liberty of, I, well, I, you know, and I offer some answers that have worked for me, but I also say like anyone that says these are the answers is fucking something. Oh, yeah. something. But like, I found some answers and that's my hope is like that my, my hope is like, here's my journey. It might not be your journey. It's not your journey, but if it helps you, if it gives aid, if you find some answers in my stories and also some mistakes where you can say like, well, I'm really glad I didn't fucking do that shit. Mm-hmm. Then I, it's been a win for me because I found yeah. some answers, but more than anything, I have found more questions and those questions no longer scare me. That's the thing is like, it's not even like arriving at a new place. It's getting yeah. free from fear. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, the good book says that perfect love drives out all fear. And I just mm-hmm. think that too many of us spent our entire lives fucking scared shitless. Yeah. And now we're on the other well, side of it. Like, 
tapping into it, a new thing. And still on some level, we're scared shitless mm-hmm. of, yeah, they maybe we're wrong. Yeah. It still it's stays the main, with you. I mean, not me. Not I, at all. Not at all. I do not have a single day in my life where I think that I could be wrong anymore. As far, as far as like evangelical, the evangelical white male God, the fear of hell, if I don't do a certain religious thing, no, there's, I, that's gone. Interesting. And I, I would say that that's gone. Like most, like most days, like 95% of days, that is true. But it's interesting because I'm way more comfortable with being like, oh no, I'm probably wrong about a fuck, a fuck ton. Oh sure. Like, but you believe you're like, that is absolutely not true. I know for certain that that is not true. As far as we can know anything. Here's what I would say. On even those days where I like let that 5% where it's like, Ugh, I will say it's gotten less and less and less. And what, what I always cling to is that even with the words of Jesus mm-hmm. is judge a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, even if I am, I, I there, what is the fruit of my I, life? Well, I would say actually the reason I know that is not true. Like white uh, male led evangelicalism is I'm like, what is the fruit? It is colonization. It is pain. It is us versus them. Death. Like, yeah. And so, so much of what I see there, I'm like, no, there's no fruit for me to believe in that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you, this is where there's been a huge shift for me is I don't care if you believe that your pet piece of paper is the creator of the universe. I really mm-hmm. don't. Oh, wait. Not the- <laughs> Did you catch that? What? Did you catch the no. you called the Bible a pet piece of paper? <laughs> I was literally talking about a pet piece of like this piece of paper, but we can do the no, Bible. No, but that's you weren't referencing the Bible? No. I thought you were throwing some major shade. I was like, that's good. But actually, let's this, take that. This that was pet piece actually. of paper <laughs> that you call your God. Oh, that's hot. I'm just like I I I really don't care what you believe. What I care about is how your theology makes you show up in the world. Mm. And if it is, ca- if theology. it is bringing, yes, if it is bringing life to you and the people around you, I'm for it. I don't care what it is. I don't care if we're literally at theological odds. If our, if your theology is bringing about life and love to yourself and the people around you, I don't care. I'm so happy for you. Ding dong. Yes. And because like there, therein, you're practicing the two greatest commandments that Christ gave us. And so it's like, there's nothing to argue about anymore. But as far as like, I have zero fear. Mm of God anymore. Mm. Like I do not feel Mm, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you're going to have this eternal punishment. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I, like, I have fully swung to like the other side. Like I like, like what, like I would say that like my cosmology Mm. is a little bit more yogic now or a lot of bit more yogic Mm -hmm. because I'm fully here uh, that I don't think birth is the beginning and I don't think death is Mm. the end. I think I've been here a few times at least Mm. And I think I will do something after this too. And I think, and I think this is true of everybody. I've been actually thinking about this a lot because I'm like, you're telling me I have one consciousness for forever. Like, I feel like I would get so bored. What a waste. What a waste. <laughs> so bored. Are you telling like, that's the thing. It's just like, God, like you created consciousness. Like, like billions, mm-hmm. billions of conscious identities. Mm-hmm. And you only want to use them once. Yeah. Like, there's a reason people replay video games, baby. On repeat, on repeat, on repeat. I will say this also about fear in particular, especially with the binding thing. I, there was a big shift for me in the space. I talk about that at some points in in this too, is there's a quote, a satanic statement. And it is the, 
the devil has been the best friend of the church because he's filled her pews. Mm. And it was definitely a thing that brought a lot of freedom around fear because I do think that fear, I mean, it's so interesting going back to what you said about perfect love casting out fear is like so much of evangelical Christianity is, is fear oriented. The end times are coming. You need to get ready. This people group is trying to shove this agenda down your throat. You need to homeschool your kids to take them out of the world because the world is too much. This movie's bad and it's going to bring like, there's a demon behind everything. You get demon possessed if you watch Harry Potter. And like, let me tell you what, my uncle did preach that sermon. And then a couple years later when Harry Potter 2 came out in theaters, we went to see it. With him? Yes. And he said, it was not that bad. That's the devil talking. Come on, I was, he was. <laughs> listen, that that Hermione Granger put a Granger. Hermione Granger. She is the Granger. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So you're coming out of, of evangelicalism, you're like telling these stories. What was the what was the hardest part about writing this book? Because this is this has been like a project you've had for a while too. A while, yeah. I would say uh, they they all goes back to kind of I think the ending because I use story. I think that our exposure to story always has a happy ending or like, you know, they write off into the sunset and all the problems are resolved. Life doesn't work that way. And so I think... <laughs> Boop. Life doesn't work that way, bitch. <laughs> Just, I don't know if you were coming here to get some hope, but not today, bitch. I'm going to let you know about the suffering. <laughs> I'm just... what, Which I've changed my perspective around suffering and pain and death. And yeah, it's just interesting because I think that in evangelical Christianity, we're not taught to incorporate those elements into our life. We're mm-hmm. supposed to... Uh, repel them. Uh, we're supposed to repress them. We're supposed to believe against them. And now, like, there's been this inclusion where it's not all like it's a part of my life, and I don't have to judge it as good or bad. In fact, it can it bring goodness. Is. It just is suffering. Just is. It just is. So the ending was the hardest part because <laughs> my ego was very involved at the beginning, at the inception of this, because I was like, all my friends who are now questioning evangelicalism, like, I need to write a book for them and I'm going to give them some answers. I've got to guide them to the holy land. Yes, I'm finally going to make myself of something with this this pain of leaving Christianity. I'm finally going to count for something. And I had a good ending. It was, I like wrestled and lost my faith overseas and I was daring to believe in something beyond me going back overseas. I was going to go teach English in Korea. And I like had sold everything. I was going, this is such a good book. (laughs) (laughs) The drama. Oh, it was like such a good, happy ending. And I was going to end it like on the plane. I like had the the chapter mapped out. I started writing it in quarantine while I was in Korea. And literally after selling everything, after daring to trust that maybe there's like divinity and purpose (laughs) and all this stuff, uh, some magic to the universe. I get over there and within four (laughs) weeks of me moving, my best friend dies. It, Spoiler alerts, everybody. Sorry. It's literally in the first page. I said, this is how it ends. So yeah. I'm not spoiling very too much. Very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. Very like Moulin Rouge where he's just Ooh. like, you know, my lover dies. You know, like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but it, in this case, it was, it was my best friend and he, his death really shook up so much for me because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where, where is a God in the midst of this? Like, mm-hmm. I know we all have to die, but right now and right. like after all this and after dare, like how dare you was kind of my, my reaction at verse. And so I came mm-hmm. back from overseas and a good friend of mine who was also a missionary with me was like, how's the book writing going? And I go, I go, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, and he's like, why not? And I said, it's just, it's a shitty ending. It's a shitty ending. Man loses faith, dares to like believe in something beyond himself, sells everything, goes overseas to get severely disappointed. 
And my friend was Par like, for the course. Yeah. Well, and that's what he, he essentially what he said is just like, but I think it's a life ending. Like it's a human ending. Like that is human is mm-hmm. like, we dare to believe. And sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't work. And that's okay. Cause there actually, there's life keeps going. The credits, it doesn't, Ooh, life doesn't stop at the credits. Hello. And that's really the thing is to recognize the hardest things that we survive, the hardest things we go through, the worst part about them usually is that they won't kill us. Mm-hmm. And that, well, that's just so crazy for me now is like, I, you know, moving here, mm-hmm. there was this actually like, there was here this being specific, Atlanta. here being Atlanta from Colorado. It was really new. Like I've been here since February and there was this old physiological reaction that came up when I was deciding this. And it was, it was like this traumatic thing in my body of like, mm. fuck, we're doing it again. We're picking up and we're leaving. Almost if it goes bad again, once if someone else dies again, mm-hmm. um, bad news, people will, people will, everyone will. Yeah. No one gets out of here alive. God damn it. And so it's just an interesting thing of like, no, I've actually, I sold everything. I like tried to start my life over and it failed miserably. Like if there was like the worst way something could happen, I kind of experienced it. And I made it through. I'm okay. It, mm-hmm. it, and it's grown me. And like, I now can incorporate death into my experience of humanity. Um, it's now no longer something that I'm terrified of. Like it's something that I like right. think about quite regularly without this terror anymore. But yeah, same. Mm. Was I, it because of death? Yeah. When my dad died, that, that was like, sense. that was like the big one for me. I, I had experienced friends dying before, but he was the first death that I experienced after I had come out and like everything mm-hmm. fell apart. And so, by that point, I had like pulled apart what I thought about heaven and hell and mm. you know, where do we go when we die? Are we still around? Yeah. I think for a while. So mm. at least from where I was like, it was because I changed my mind about death that I was actually able to like heal a lot of those mm. wounds that my father left. And now I'm just working on my mother wounds, because, but she's alive. So that complicates <laughs> it. At that least with I, your dad, you can just project what you would that's like. Exactly, to you. That's exactly it. I'm just like, oh yeah, my dad is totally free of all the he things. He would say that, this, he's now enlightened. Da, 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 da. I'm, I'm like, seriously, I'm just like, and that's how I've like had to think about it. Because uh, like- Mom, on the other hand, she's still here. I she, can't make up shit. I, I'm not allowed to demand or project anything. You know, I have to, it's like, how, you, how am I going to love her where she is? And how am I going to love me where I'm at? with where she is and where we want to go together. Go. Maybe. But like, that's, that's the, I mean, that's the work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, that would be the hardest thing. Like for me, it was definitely like the, the ending and coming to terms with the ending, but now I am, I'm so happy with um, how it ends. And I like, there's this moment where I actually, the last chapter I ended, I added six months ago. I had written so much of this book like two years ago and I was exhausted with it. I hated it. I didn't want to look at it anymore. I was like so tired of it. Mm-hmm. And then nine months ago, I was just like, I think that it's, it's an incomplete ending. And like, there was this moment where I, I like talked to, to use like where you've reconciled mm-hmm. with your dad, like talk to my dead friend. I'm like this, I think this might be blasphemy, but who fucking cares? I mean, <laughs> I mean maybe, but the thing about it is, is that like we talk to our dead all the time. People like, roll up on the cemetery and just go talk to a headstone like yeah. they're that they're there and like they can hear them. Mm. And I'm just like, uh, the reason that it feels like they're in the room with you is maybe because they're, they're in, in the, the room, room with, with you. you. And I felt differences. There've been times where I've talked with him and it's like, he's so close. And other times mm-hmm. I'm just like, he's busy. He got a widow and kids to take care of. Mm. He gotta be there. But I have felt his presence at times and it's been yeah. so comforting. So yeah. that would be the hardest moment for me was the ending. 
Yeah. Sorry, that sucks. And but that also, is how you respond when someone says my friend died. Yep. <laughs> that's that's not like well, they're in a better place. He is feeling so much. He's got his heavenly body. Heaven needed another angel. You know, like, we don't understand the Lord's ways. His ways are higher than our ways. What was really interesting is like, so this death really shook me up. And while I was in Colorado recently, um, a really good family friend died. And it was so interesting contrasting the two because mm. one was earth shattering and the other one still very close. We'd spend every single holiday together and he passed. And because I had done the work around like, what does death look like? Mm-hmm. It was, I felt like I could be present for the people who are grieving. I didn't have to put these bandaid answers on that actually don't work because mm-hmm. we don't have to, we don't, we can't test them. That's the thing with us is we yes. fucking tested it and it blew up. Mm-hmm. It makes it of this tweet by Caitlin J. Stout mm-hmm. where she said, um, the people who are starting to deconstruct are the ones that took it the most seriously. The ones who graduated. And it's so true because it's just like, no, I really wrestled with this. I put things in practice and some fell flat. Some, some. And that's where it's like, mm-hmm. I still, I'm still a spiritual person because some, some spaghetti stuck. Mm. And like, I'm so grateful for that. And like, Jesus, I really still fucking shake. Like, there's such beauty Why would to that want person. To f- that's the thing. I am now in my devotional era. Mm. Like I am in a full blown, I love Jesus. He is my teacher, my brother and my friend. And every single day I sit my ass down in front of that altar and I talk with him and I connect with him. And I think that sounds psycho, but I do it. It's so interesting just even owning that. Cause there's so many times I'm just like, it might be God. It might be schizophrenia. I don't know. But this, Could be. this connection stabilizes me. Mm-hmm. It creates hope for me. Mm-hmm. It creates uh, joy in the people around me. And I think that's good. Like I don't, at the end of the day, even if it is schizophrenia, I mean, I, it, it is helping me. I, I, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, what is, you mentioned this the other day when we were trying this, you know, one time, two time, three time, oh four my time. God. The, the way that the devil has been working against us. Working against us. On overtime. We need to bind him. Lord. Uh, I would love to hear um, what. It- <laughs> Sorry. Um, you you talked about how Jesus is your guru, and maybe you've talked about it more mm-hmm. publicly. But I would love to hear more what that means for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I first started changing my mind about who I thought Jesus was um, as I started reading A Course in Miracles, which is a metaphysical text from 1975 that was penned by Dr. Helen Schumann. And from where they're sitting, they said Jesus came through. And said, this is a course in miracles, take notes. And then she did. And much like everything else in my practical theology brain, it's test everything. And that book even says it's like, use this as a tool. If it's helpful for you, use it. If it's not helpful for you, move on. And it has been incredibly helpful for me. And it really helped me change my mind about God Mm -hmm. and about God's love and about like the, the presence of how we connect with that. And so, the course posits the idea that Jesus himself is not savior in as much as like saves our soul from hell, but is our brother, our teacher and our friend. And so he is the one who, if you want, he can help us bridge the gap between here and heaven, if you will, or the awareness of love's presence in all things at all times. And so when I say that Jesus is my guru, I mean, like, I mean that in the sense that he, the, the word guru means dispeller of darkness, guru, mm. uh, which is darkness dispeller mm. or um, bringer of, you know, the reflexive bringer of light. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. 
And I just, just, just throughout, you know, throughout my mystical Christian experience, which has been the whole time, but we didn't call it mysticism back then. They called it, you're just crazy and you're emotional. But like I, for my entire life, have had this delicious mystical relationship to the Christ mm-hmm. um, and the person of Jesus. It's just, it's the language I know the most. Mm-hmm. And so when I say that I'm in my devotional era, I mean that like I'm not picking up my Bible and reading it every day. I'm not like right now I'm reading the poems of Rumi, but like I have hidden his words in my heart that I may not Mm. sin against God. Mm. And like, it's so fucking deep in my bones. Like even when I'm teaching my students now, I, I start talking, I, I use Christian language. I'm just like, this is the meaning of this. It was like, remember when we heard this, I was like, this is what I think it actually means. Like I can, I look at the teachings of Jesus and I think they're brilliant and incredibly applicable all the time. You just got to have different eyes to look at them, if you will. And, you know, it takes work. For me, it took work and time because like, it was at first it was like I was trying to prove a historical Jesus was true and I wanted that to be true. And I'm just like, even if Christ is just a thought in my brain, I am so much happier. And like the way that I've come alive as a result of dedicating myself to this mystical path is proof in and of itself. Again, it's the fruit. Like I, I'm rid of fear. I trust that my needs will be met. Yeah. Like I have someone on whom I can rely if you will. And it just feels is the most wonderful, unbearable compassion that comes from what feels like somewhere outside myself, but mm-hmm. you know, whether it's from, you know, the Christ or whether it's from the deepest part of myself, I ask, what's the difference? Yeah. And that's literally what Christ is. I think Jesus is saying, it's just like the only difference between you and me kid is time. He's had 2000 years to practice. You know, <laughs> I've had 33. Now granted by 33, he had become the Bodhisattva, but yeah. So that's kind of what I mean is like, I still connect and like I see him in my mind and I, you know, it's a lot of the time it's just him pointing to the heart and saying, remember this, remember this. That's like the only teaching I've ever needed. Mm. So that makes sense. Yeah. At least mildly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always am curious and have like more and more questions, but yeah, I think in general it does. And the thing about it is, is like none of this really matters. Mm. None of these details, none of the, this stuff over here on my mm-hmm. puja table, none of the theology that we create, none of it's important. What's important is the experience of love and to experience that love for yourself and that compassion for yourself. When you say experience, you mean like what occurs in these devotional moments? Or what, no, I mean your you mean everyday that? life. Mm-hmm. If, you're, like, if the practice is not transforming your everyday life and making your interactions with this world better, mm-hmm. shitty practice. Yep. But my practice... I practice the feeling and the ideas that I want to carry with me throughout the day. And so for so long, the the thought and the practice was, oh God, I'm a fucking dirty sinner, but thank mm. God you died for me to redeem my shitty, shitty self. Please don't be too mad at me when I eventually sin later today. And I hope that I do something good for the kingdom. And now it's, here you are, here I am. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? Mm-hmm. And that's my prayer every day. And that's it. I don't try to, you know, supplicate or try to like 
you know, confess or, you know, I don't have to make myself low before God anymore. Mm -hmm. God's not asking for that. But yeah, like the thing about it is, is like, I fully recognize that for many people, that's not going to happen. Even with my students, like I don't bring it up all the time because like for them, like it's not important. And in fact, they need difference. Yeah. They need distance from. What they've labeled Liz as the abuser. Ding, ding, ding. Is that Jesus has become, I'll say this, it's white Jesus. Yeah. Has abused them. Yes. And they can't. And their their body says they're not safe. Yeah. And so it's just like, I want you to learn that you're safe in your own body. And like, the thing is, is like, for me, the vehicle might be Jesus, but like, that's not the only vehicle. Yeah. That's not the only like teacher that I'm connecting with. That's not the only spirit I'm connecting with because Jesus is just a symbol for the potential in every human Mm -hmm. to be exponentially and endlessly loving and Mm -hmm. always connected to God. That's it. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like, for me, it's like, you can say that you're a Christian and have Jesus, but then you're still a shitty person, yeah. right? Yeah. You're plagued by fear. You're plagued by us versus them. And you're, you're an asshole. And bottom line, you're an asshole. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you claim to be a spiritual or religious person and you are an asshole, I have questions. I'm not saying that you're not the beloved, like you're not the beloved or you're not, you know, you're not in danger of the fires of hell. I just... <laughs> Question what you think is spiritual. You're in danger of causing harm. Yeah. You are in danger of the fires of hell. Listen, that re- like the wheel of reincarnation is nothing to fuck with, my good bitch. Mm. <laughs> my most recent article I wrote for, uh, it was around what every pastor can do for queer people, even if they're not affirming. Like, I'm going to get it to the base level, what everyone can fucking do. Tell the truth about your policy. Uh, with that one, it's just like, be fucking honest. Like if I were to distill it, just be fucking honest and put it on your website. Mm-hmm. Don't say we're going to have a conversation. Don't say everyone's welcome here. Put blatantly on your website, what your theology practically mm-hmm. looks like for queer people. Yeah. We believe the marriage is between one man and one woman. This means that in order to be a member at our congregation, you must not be involved or practicing homosexuality. The end. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you for being honest and owning your belief. I don't agree with it. And I think it's causing harm but I can at least have informed consent to walk yeah. through your church, your church doors. And then I don't have to be around you. Correct. But he, someone found an email somehow. It was an old email. I don't even know how he found it. This guy reached out to me and he, he brought up one point in my, my article where he says, we can be quite clear on what the um, agenda of Jesus was. And I think one, we can't. His, he died 2000 years ago. So like literally can't know that. Literally can't. Two, he says quite a few different items on the agenda list, according to the text that we have. There's not just one, but of all of the different agenda items that we have that we could point at in this text that we have, the one that this man picks, and it made me, I'm like, I, I don't want to continue the conversation because I know that I'm not going to like be hurt because the one comment, the one agenda point that you picked was, I came to bring a sword. I came to divide father Ooh, against child, I mother do against... One. I'm not going to lie. Oh! But from a different perspective. Okay, give me your perspective. Well, first tell me what he did with it. He he left it and he was just like I'm I we're we're um he continued on with saying that like what we believe is going to hurt people, what we believe is going to cause division. Um and if people don't like it, that's just part of the deal. Tuck titties. 
And yeah, I'm just like, we're allowed to do anything as long as it's in service of the as kingdom. As long as we're on the right side. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to heaven. I take that, but I take it to the other side of, of the thing. Okay. It's like, for me, being a follower of Jesus, uh, and, and, you know, inspires a more radical and, you know, albeit liberal approach to things and is on the side of inclusion, is on the side of radical justice, is on the side of indigenous sovereignty, is, you know, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm, et cetera. Mm-hmm. At least I think like when I read that passage, I'm like, oh yeah, that's precisely what happened within all of our yeah. families. Is that you were the one that the sort was turned against by the religious people? In some ways, yes, yeah. but it's just like to follow the path of Christ is. I mean, he even says it. If you love mother or father more than me, you can't. It's mm. like, if you love the system mm. that you came from more than me, you're not. It's not. And he says, you're not worthy of me. And I'm like, that's hot. But, ooh, I love that. Because again, like, I'm just like, you know, from the teacher's perspective, fuck yeah, he could say that. Mm. Um, and also, if ugh, I mean, we can get into that in another thing. But <laughs> I look at that teaching and it radicalized me to say like, it is worth everything to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. It is worth losing my family. It is worth losing my identity. It is worth losing um, what I think is my life for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Full circle. Because that's even what he says. Like his disciples were like, hey, don't go to Jerusalem. And then he turns around and says to the crowd, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you can't come. And I read that as like, don't tell me not to go to the place where they're suffering, mm. even if it's dangerous, even if it's going to be, even if we're going to ruffle feathers, mm. you got to be willing to take on the consequences of the people you claim to love. Mm-hmm. That's called solidarity. Mm. And I think he was, ugh. see, this is where I go. Jesus has us in a bear trap. What? Jesus has us in a bear trap. How so? Just can't fucking get away from him. Mm. I will say, I will say, and that's something that I also like came to terms with. And I talk about it. It's just like, I, there are times where I fucking ran. Mm. I was just like, fuck this shit. It is causing harm. It is hurting me. I'm fucking out. Mm-hmm. And the systems and the things were absolutely were, but I would bump into something or someone again and a fucking again. I'm just like, leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. But I felt like there was this tenderness and this kindness that continued to come mm-hmm. through that transcended Christianity, mm-hmm. that transcended my past. Mm-hmm. And it did. It and felt like, like I like that little kid that like is screaming a tantrum just like I was fucking hurt. Fuck all you. And the de- and the parents just like mm-hmm. holding until like the, there's a calming down mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you okay? I'm right here. Source. Mm-hmm. Higher mind. Um, the spirit of the living God. Mm-hmm. Call it whatever you want. Call it love. Call it the universe. Mm-hmm. But that that feeling of like it, like the love that's like powering everything, I think even in those imperfect spaces, like I was like, I thought I had a, a an experience of God. You may have. Mm-hmm. Did you experience great love in that moment? Did it lift you up? Did it bring great. freedom? Great. Then you probably did. If it filled you with guilt, shame, or anything like that, I would say question it. Okay, let's <laughs> let's wrap it up because we, we will go off into the sunset with this thing and we're already at 40 minutes. So... Brandon Flannery, are you ready to play just one thing five times? Yes! Yow! Okay, so just one thing five times is the same five questions I ask everybody at the end of the podcast, and it goes like this. What's one thing you like about yourself? Mm. Being a homosexual. Yeah. I really am. And I say that like, that's a big deal, because I I resented it for so much, and now I'm like, oh, it's giving me so much good. It's so dope. It's what helped me like, question the system of a person I was a part of. Hello, somebody. 
Because I was really paying off. Yeah. Being a cis-bodied white man. Uh, we were on the way up. We could have, if we stayed in the church and stayed in the closet, we would have rode that train all the way up to mega church pastor land. I would have a very nice house. Oh my God. No debt. <laughs> and but like, no transferable skills. No, you would be fucked. You'd be yeah. in that cul-de-sac and you better build it up because Ooh. you ain't getting that shit out. Ooh, hello. <laughs> what is one thing that you're super proud of or just regular proud of? This is so lame. You can say the book. I can't say, say the, the book. Can, I can't say, but I think that it's like so funny. And you're proud. I don't know if you're like this, but like I'm proud of better, my writing. Yes. I, I, I really do love my writing. I fucking do. Yes. Um, I will say it's just like, and I don't know if you relate to any of your writings this way. It's just like, you've stared at it for so long. It's just like, that's mm-hmm. nice. But I am, I am like, I fucking love writing. I'm a nerdy ass English major. I nerd out on shit like the Oxford comma and repetition and mm-hmm. parallelism and shit like that. And I do love that. But what I was going to say is that I did a five ten lead climb this weekend. That's not stupid. Really you can be sure. proud of your your um, muscular butch man accomplishments. Thank you. Performing the male gender expeditiously <laughs> there was well. There's a lot of they their thems and she's that were there this weekend. It was oh. a queer climbing event. Wow. Okay. Thank Next, you. Yeah. Thank you for uh correcting me. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's not a gendered thing. What's one thing that pisses you off? It can be like super deep or it can be petty. Hmm. Um, when someone on social media slides into my, not even on my DMs, in their comment says, show me that you actually haven't read the Bible because of some comment that I said, I'm like, no, bitch. Like I have read this thing so many fucking times. And that is why I'm on this side of things. Like that is why. That's the thing. Like if you actually, if you don't even do a close reading, not even a close reading, it's truly horrifying. Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. What's one thing that you're, uh, What's what is this one? Dedicated to. to What's one thing you're dedicated to? Oof. I don't feel like there's a ton of dedication in my life right now because I feel so open. Like Mm. me coming to Atlanta is just like, I guess I'm dedicated to curiosity right now. That's good. And openness. Like I really do want to be like, I'm so much more comfortable with the question. I'm like, I don't know, let's find out. Mm -hmm. I don't know, let's find out. Mm -hmm. And that used to terrify me. And so I guess I'm really committed to that. Like I've done some more scary things in the last year and a half because it's just like, I don't know. Let's find out. I've experienced one of the worst things, so it can't be that bad. That's the thing. Once you go through the worst thing, kind of puts you into the second half of life and everything is so much less serious. It's like you you can fail. Yeah. Things will fail. Things will fall apart. And then it's like, well, I've already, you know, my life has fallen apart three times over and I like, now I'm back and better than ever, baby. (laughs) Um, What is one thing you want to do before you die? Just one thing. No, there's so many things. No, just pick one. Don't be too serious. It doesn't have to be the thing. Yeah. Just one thing. This is so cliche. Could be, but if it's real. Yeah, but if it's real. I I guess just like I do. I love going to new places because it opens me up and I experience new things. So I just want to see more of the world and more people. It's so, it is so lame, but I'm just you like, want to I travel love more. I do. Maybe hit every single continent. That'd be kind of fun. I would, I have said I want to wake up on every continent and I have done three. And I also, it, what's been kind of cool is I was like, I do want, even when I was a little kid, I'm like, I want to fuck, publish a fucking book. So I knocked one out. I did knock, I did knock one out. Yeah. That's great. the thing. It's just like, knock it out, get it done. And then like, you know, think about the next one. If you want a next one. It makes me, it's so stupid. Again, not really lame, but to pull back our Christian upbringing, Mm. I do think when it comes to stuff, I I hear Switchfoot. This is your life. Are you who you want to be? This will never see the light of day. (laughs) Um, 
Brendan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Please tell people on the internet where they can find you, your work, and the book. Uh, you can go to brandonflannery.com. Flannery has one N at a drunk relative, I think. Um, brandonflannery.com. That's where you can order the book. That's where you can read some of my more writings. Honestly, also, if you just Google me, shit will pop up. Google um, me. And also, this is what the book looks like. We're going to hold it up nicely. And this will be, that'll be great. That'll be great for the, 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 the you, cover. Yeah. The, yeah. the YouTube cover. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a delight. It was a treat. I love you so much. Love you so much. Grateful for you. And that was my conversation with, with Brandon Flannery. If you want to get in touch with Brandon, you can go to his website, brandonflannery.com. That's F-L-A-N-E-R-Y. Just one in in Flannery. You can also check him out on Instagram at flanbran. That's F-L-A-N-B-R-A-N. Flanbran. And be sure, go pick up his book, Stumbling, a sassy memoir about coming out of evangelicalism. Out now with Lake Drive Books. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for hanging out with me. This was a really, really fun time, and I'm just so proud of you. This book is so good. So good. You know, he really is a fabulous storyteller. You can also get the audiobook, too. The audiobook is... Mm, can't say more. I mean, I could say more, but it would just be more of saying, go buy this book. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this episode this week, friends. Once again, make sure you are taking your meds, calling a person, shaking your ass, eating some food, taking a nap when you need to. Go pre-order What Makes You Bloom. Go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and sign up to become a part of the crowded table, especially because this month you're going to get a copy of my first book for free. And that really helps me pay the bills and also pay for the software and the things I use in order to make this content successful for you. By the way, if you want some new content to my YouTube channel is beginning to pop off. So make sure you go subscribe over there as well. Follow me across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. Get on the newsletter at thekevingarcia.com. I love you. I think it's going to do it for me. So till next time, be good to yourself, people. And I will see you next week. Bye.